Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. So good. So as Mike mentioned earlier, our theme this year is prayer, and I am going to bring you a message about prayer. And what's really cool is um, my message is about the Lord's Prayer, and then the worship team this morning did the song, The Lord's Prayer from Matt Marr, and I love that song. And so we started off the service like, I just love it when God does that. He didn't know what I was preaching about. I didn't know he was going to do that song. But I'm so excited to bring you the word today, and I hope that it will be meaningful to you today. And before I pray, before I start, let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you so much for this day, for this time, for the ability to come and worship to get in the word, to be with our church family. God, I pray that you would be with me as I bring this message. And God, I, be- I believe and hope and pray that it would be something that would really um, make a difference in people's lives, that it would really help increase our prayer and our connection with you when we pray. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Okay, so I did preach a message already this year, and in that last message, it was also about prayer. And the funny thing about it was, I thought, well, I'm going to talk about prayer, and then I'm going to do the Lord's Prayer, and as I was preparing, I thought, this is too much for one message. And so the message that I preached before was called, How to Pray More, and it was about how do we pray continuously. We need spontaneous times of prayer, and we need set times of prayer. That was back in February, so if you missed it, you can go back and listen to it if you are so inclined. And one of the things that I mentioned in that message is that one of my set times of prayer is every day at 12 o'clock, I have an alarm that goes off, and it reminds me, and I pray the Lord's Prayer every day at 12. And you would think, because I've been doing it all year, you would think that I would like be thinking about like, oh, it's almost 12, an alarm is going to go off. Every single time it like startles me. And it's usually not convenient at all, but it just is, I don't know why. I should probably set it for another time. Actually, we we were in an MFI meeting with like all the leaders of MFI and my alarm went off and I was so, so embarrassed. But I have been... I've been focusing on the Lord's Prayer this year, and I want to share some about it because I believe that Jesus has some key elements in this prayer that I think will really um, really make a difference in your prayer life. So we find the Lord's Prayer in both Luke 11 and in Matthew 6, and the passage in Matthew 6 is actually part of the Sermon on the Mount. And so the Sermon on the Mount was basically like the crowds are following Jesus, and he's like, okay, let me just give them some wisdom. Let me give them a message. And so he went up on a mountainside. That's why it's called the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, we find the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. And this part about the Lord's Prayer is right there in the middle in chapter 6. So in the Sermon on the Mount, we hear things about like the Beatitudes. That's like who is considered blessed in the kingdom of God, and it might be different than who you would think. And Jesus also taught that, um, that sin is not just the wrong things you do, but also the wrong things that you think and the wrong attitudes that you have, which was probably like mind-blowing to the people at the time. And the crowds were amazed because Jesus taught with such authority. And so when Jesus started teaching the crowds about prayer, he actually started off with what not to do. 
He's like, okay, before you do it, I'm going to tell you what not to do, and then I'm going to give you, like, what to do. So the first thing that he said in Matthew 6, 5, he said, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. What I love about this is Jesus is, like, just assuming you're going to pray. You are people of faith. And so it goes without saying that you're going to be praying. So when you pray, he's saying this is part of your devotion. This is part of your following God. And he said, okay, don't be like the hypocrites because they are just trying to show off. And so what would happen in, the, in that time is the religious people, they would have their personal times of prayer, but they would kind of organize their day. So they would be like, oh, I'm on this busy street corner, and it's my time of prayer, so let me just do this in front of everyone, and then everyone will see how very, very special I am. And I don't actually think that you guys are going to be tempted to go to a street corner in, in the city of Richmond and then like start praying. I don't think that would be probably the attention that you would think that you might want to get, but you might be tempted to maybe say, oh, I had the best prayer time today. <laughs> or you might be tempted to just like put a little picture of your Bible and your coffee on your, on your social media. And, and it's not that that is wrong to talk about it. And it's not that it's wrong to have the picture of your coffee and your Bible on social media. But what is wrong is if the attitude of your heart is I just want to look good, and I want people to think that I am spiritual, and it's really not what's in your heart. That's what, that's what he is saying not to do. So this is what he says to do instead in Matthew 6, verse 6. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So what we're talking about here is your personal He's not saying that it's wrong always to pray with other people, that you always have to be in your prayer closet or alone. But what he's saying is when you are interacting, it's just you and him, let it be just between the two of you and not for anyone else to see because he knows what's in your heart. He knows what you're doing and he will reward you. I think that is awesome. And so we should not be trying to get our admiration from men, but only from him. That's our first uh, what not to do, what to do. Okay, so Matthew 6, verses 7 and 8 says, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. And so this, what he's saying is, it's not the words that you say, it's not how many words you say, it's what's in your heart that you're not supposed to just say prayers empty, just repeat it like blah, 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 blah. Okay, check mark, I did my prayer. It's really about what you are saying, what is in your heart. And it says that your father knows what you need. And so when you come to him, you're not trying to say like, I'm going to impress God with all my words. No, you're coming to him and you're saying, God, I know that you already know what I need, but I am coming to you because you are my father and I know that you care about what I need and I know that you want me to come to you. Okay, so Jesus has taught us to not try to be seen with our prayers and get some attention and not to be meaningless repetitors. 
And then in Matthew 6, 9, he says, this then is how you should pray. Are you guys ready? Are you excited? Okay, so Jesus is going to teach us how to pray. I think he's probably pretty good at prayer, so I think that's going to be good. And so the following pattern for prayer is what is commonly referred to as the Lord's Prayer. And I'm going to read Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us, this, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And the King James Version also has a part that is added that says, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So this spring in our women's Bible study, we studied um, the Lord's Prayer. And we did a, um, shout out to all my ladies from Bible study. And we did a study on Right Now Media called Teach Us to Pray with Ranjit David. And we really enjoyed it, didn't we, ladies? It was good. We got a lot out of it. And when I was doing the study, I thought to myself, this is so good, and I'm learning so much, and I think this is going to be a message. And here we are today. We're full circle. Um, if you do not have access to Right Now Media, it's kind of like the Netflix of Bible studies, and you can have it on your phone or your computer or whatever. And if you would like to access that, you can email the church friends at victorychristian.church, and we would love to give you access to that. You could even watch this very study, Teach Us to Pray by Ranjit David, if you are so inspired. And so some of the things that I'm going to share today were inspired by that study. So if you were in the Bible study, you're going to be like, that sounds familiar. So I'd like to go through some of the Lord's Prayer phrase by phrase, and we're going to bring out some aspects of the prayer that are going to help us when we pray. Are you guys ready? Yeah. All right. So Jesus starts off this prayer with addressing who we are speaking to when we pray. Our Father is heaven. And I think this is interesting because Jesus is the Son of God. And so he would naturally start off by calling God his Father. Um, but he's saying that we should call God our Father. And it's actually really amazing that we can call God our Father. There's a verse in 1 John 3 one that says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. God loved us so much. He loved the world so much that he sent his son, he sent Jesus, so that you and I could become part of his family, so that we could call him our Father, so that he can adopt us as his own sons and daughters. This is a free gift, but we have to receive it. We have to believe in Jesus, and we have to believe that he died on the cross and rose again. Have you accepted Jesus? Are you following him? Have you made a decision? Um, today would be a great day, July 2nd, 2023. Um, and if you choose to make that decision to follow Jesus, we would love to know about it. We would love to pray with you today, or if you're watching online, you can uh, go to our website, which is victorychristian.church, and click on next steps. We'd love to contact you. Well, maybe you're here, and you are a Christian, and you believe in Jesus, and you are following him, but there might be some things that you are holding on to that you need to give over to him as your father. I remember one summer, it was 
I think it was 30 years ago, and I was at a youth camp, just like our youth are getting ready to go. Um, in about one month, they're going to youth camp. I'm so excited for them. It's going to be awesome. But I remember an experience that I had when I was a teenager, and I was a Christian, and I followed God, but I just had some things that I was holding on to. I had some things that I, I was doing that I knew were wrong, but I didn't want to give them up, and I was just holding on to them. And I remember I went to youth camp, and I'm pretty sure it was the first, the very first night, and I was there, and there was worship, and there was the word, and they did an altar call, and I just remember feeling compelled, compelled to go up front and... Um, I don't even think anyone prayed for me. I think I just went to the altar and I just like cried my eyes out. And I said, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry, God. And I, I was living with such shame and such guilt. I felt so bad because I knew that what I was doing was wrong. And I just remember in that moment that God just like, he just took it. He took the shame, he took the guilt and it was like, it honestly was like, you know how the, you, the phrase like, he washed me white as snow is like a verse in a song. I felt so clean and pure and forgiven. And if that is you today, if there's something that you're holding on to that you need to let go, if there's something that you're doing that you just know that you need help with, I believe that Jesus is ready to receive you with open arms. And so if you would like to be saved today, if you need to rededicate, if you need to lay some things down, we would love to pray with you at the end of service. Okay, so we started off our prayer by considering who we're speaking to, addressing God as our Father, recognizing the sacrifice that Jesus made so that we can be adopted into his family, so that we can call God our Father. This is a very intimate conversation with our father, with our dad. And the second phrase in the prayer is, hallowed be your name. And so the word hallowed means to treat something as sacred or holy. You might call, you know, an esteemed college like the hallowed Ivy Halls or something like that. And Mike actually preached a message last week um, about holiness entitled, Holy, holy, holy. And if you missed it, you can be sure to listen to the podcast or watch it on Facebook or YouTube. Um, in fact, I watched it because I was in Sunday school last week and it was really good. So in that message, Mike talked about how holy God is and that he calls us to be holy and that we can have confidence as we come to God because of what Jesus did. We can have confidence, but we also need to remember and respect the sacrifice that Jesus paid. Like, we can have an intimate relationship with him, but we also need to remember, like, he is God and amazing and awesome, and we need to honor him that way. So to hallow the name of God is to revere, to glorify, and to magnify him. So when we pray, we need to come to him as our father in closeness, but also in awe of his holiness and majesty. So C.S. Lewis wrote um, a book called Reflections on the Psalms. It was mentioned in our Bible study, and so I went ahead and read it, and it's not very long, and uh, you can read it on the Hoopla app, and if you have any questions about that, just let me know. Um, so in this book, C.S. Lewis answered, um, he asks this question, why does God want us to praise him? So why is hallowed be your name part of the Lord's prayer? And C.S. Lewis' explanation is that it is natural 
to praise what you enjoy. So, like, what do you like? Like, what's your favorite sports team? Go Steelers. Um, what is your favorite food? What is your favorite store? You probably enjoy it. So you talk about it. You praise it. You're like, I just had the most amazing food at this restaurant, or I just went on the most amazing hike, or whatever it is that you like, you enjoy it. And so you want other people to enjoy it for sure. So like, I have this, uh, Melanie and I have this life group. It's called Saturday Sundays, and we go out for ice cream. And I just love ice cream. I'm probably my favorite food. And it's so funny. I was like working on this message and I was remembering back in the day, Abigail's in Sunday school, but um, when the kids were all little, we would lay them all down to bed and then we would like literally like straight to the freezer, get the ice cream, scoop it out. Unfortunately, those days are long behind us because you can't do in your 40s what you could do in your 20s, but it was really fun. Anyway, so I really like ice cream, and um, my favorite place to get ice cream is Gelati Celesti, and so I picked Gelati Celesti as the first place that Saturday Sundays were all going to go out, and we went out and got ice cream. So we all met up here, and we went to Gelati Celesti, and I was so pumped. Like, I was really excited because, like, I really like it, and so I really want you to enjoy it. And so I was like, what flavor are you going to get? And is it so good? And, like, you can taste different things. And I was, like, super into it. Um, I was really excited about it. So C.S. Lewis says, we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not only expresses our enjoyment, but it completes our enjoyment. So the praise completes the enjoyment, and getting other people to enjoy it also completes your enjoyment. And so when you are excited about God, you want to tell him, God, I am so excited that you have forgiven my sins. God, I'm so excited that you made this amazing sunset. God, I'm so excited for all the things that you've given us, and you want other people also to have that excitement about God. And so you, when you pray, Think about what it is that you enjoy about God and tell him, hallow his name. Yeah. All right, so we've honored God as our father. We've hallowed his name. The next phrase in the prayer is your kingdom come. I love that line in the song that we did. Father, let your kingdom come. Ah, oh, so good. I love that. So what does your kingdom come means? It means that we are asking God to bring his kingdom into our life but also into the world around us. Um, and Jesus, when he was here on earth, talked about the kingdom of God a lot. If you read through the Gospels, you're going to see this phrase mentioned many times. In Luke 4, 43, but he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. He was sent to proclaim the good news. The kingdom of God is wherever Jesus reigns as king. So when we pray, your kingdom come, we are giving up control of our own life. We're saying, God, let your kingdom come in my life. We want Jesus to reign in our life. We want Jesus to reign on the earth. And we want other people to know the good news of who Jesus is. Okay, so the next phrase in the Lord's Prayer is, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Again, when we pray for God's will to be done, we are giving up control of what we want, and we ask for what God wants. 
And that's not easy because I want what I want for a reason. I have really good reasons why I want the things that I want. I feel like I'm really smart and I have it going on, but I need to remember that I need to pray for what God wants. When we pray that way, we're saying to God, I want what you want more than what I want, but I really want what I want. And so it really is giving up control and submitting to him. So um, so Ethan, our son, who is 20, is a missionary, and he has moved to California to be a missionary with YWAM. And if I was praying what I want, I would pray, God, please bring Ethan home. <laughs> because I really miss him. And having five-sixths of our family all together is not really all the way what I really want. I really want us all to be together. But when I pray according to God's will and say, your will be done, I say, God, I want Ethan to be exactly where he needs to be, where he is growing and serving God and reaching people that are lost with the good news of who Jesus is. And so I'm not praying what I want. I'm saying, your will be done. And Jesus demonstrated this when he was about to go to the cross. He prayed a very similar prayer to this. In Luke twenty-two forty-two, he said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Uh, he was submitting to God's will. And God is not opposed to us asking in prayer, but our asking needs to be surrendered to God, not demanding our way. When we pray, your will be done, we are giving him control because we know that he is good and we trust him. We're saying, God, I can pray your will be done because I believe that your will for me is good. We can say your will be done because I trust that you love me and that you're going to take care of me and that you have good things in store for me. Okay, so let's recap what we've prayed so far. We've honored God as our Father in heaven. We've hallowed his name. We've submitted to his kingdom and will. So notice that the whole beginning of the prayer is focused on God. We center on him first before we focus on ourselves. That's a good reminder because a lot of times when I come to prayer, I just jump right in. And it's okay to jump right in if you are like in an emergency like if you, you know, if you're, if you're about to like crash into a car or something, you don't have to say, okay, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I mean, your kingdom come. God, please help me not to crash into this car. No, you can just go right into it. But if you are having an extended time with prayer, it's good to focus on him first and then focus on what you need. So we're going to get to the part of the prayer where we ask God for what we need. So the next phrase is, give us today our daily bread. God is showing us that we should ask God for what we need each day. So bread is a basic necessity, and we're showing that our dependence on God when we ask for what we need. We're recognizing that God is our provider and not ourselves. And in the Old Testament, God provided bread called manna for the Israelites for the 40 years that they wandered in the wilderness, and he gave them daily bread. It was just enough for each day and, like, extra for the Sabbath. But it was, like, enough for each day. You could not save it. And so they depended on God every day for their very life and sustenance. And in John 6, 35, we read, Then Jesus declared, I 
am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So Jesus is declaring that he's the bread of life. And what's interesting is in this very chapter of John chapter 6, he has fed bread and fish to 5,000 people, literal bread. They were hungry, and he fed them. But Jesus is saying, I don't care just about your physical needs. I also care about your spiritual needs. And whoever comes to Jesus will never be spiritually hungry and spiritually thirsty. God wants to provide for your physical needs, but he also wants to provide for your spiritual needs. So what do you need from God today? Do you need peace? Do you need joy? Do you need to be healed? Do you need a miracle in your family? Do you need whatever it is? Whatever it is that you need, he wants you to come to him and ask him for what you need. He has got the answer to what you need. So the next phrase in the prayer is, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. So this could be actual debts, but it also represents sin. And when we ask daily for what we need, we actually also daily need to repent and ask God to forgive us. Because I don't know about you, but I mess up every day. I need to ask for forgiveness every day. And we also need to daily forgive others. And that is probably true for you too. There's probably people in your life that have hurt you, that have disappointed you, and we need to forgive. And it might even be a wound that happened, but it just still hurts. And you might need to forgive every day. Okay, God, I'm still hurt by this. I'm still, I, I just help me to forgive them. So we need to examine our own hearts and motives. Remember when Jesus said your attitudes are sin, just like your actions are sin. And we need to recognize when we, when we mess up and confess to God. I have to tell you, I am not really very good at this. I like to think that I am a perfect person, that my attitude is always good, and I tend to gloss over sometimes where I've messed up. But God really takes it seriously. When we mess up, we really need to confess and go to him. And not only do we need to say that we're sorry, but repentance means that we actually change our mind about it. It's not like, I'm sorry, and then you just go back and do it again. But it's just like, God, I repent. Help me to think differently about this. Help me to change my attitude about it. Help me to not keep doing this again, and he's going to help you. We have a God whose kindness draws us to him. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. He wants us to come. He wants to forgive. Remember the prodigal son? The father was running to the son. When you repent, he is running to you. He's so ready to forgive you. So don't be afraid to admit when you're wrong. And we know that when we are forgiven of the great debt that God has paid for us, we need to extend that to other people. We receive mercy and we extend mercy. Um, There's a parable about a servant who owed a huge debt and the, uh, the boss forgave him. And then he went and found another person that owed him a small debt, and he said, oh, you have to pay it back, and like send him to jail. And so the boss is like, yeah, I don't think that you're getting this whole thing where like I forgave you this huge thing, but you're not willing to forgive this. And God takes it really seriously. He has forgiven us of this huge thing of like all of our sins. 
and we need to forgive other people. So Jesus was a good example of this, of course. Jesus is the best example. He's good at praying. He's good at forgiving people. I just love him so much. Mike was at um, Westview this week, and he was preaching to like 150 campers there, and he said, guess who is my favorite person in the whole Bible? And they were like, Jesus? Yes, Jesus is my favorite. I do the same thing in Sunday school. I'm like, guess who we're going to talk about today? It's my favorite person, and um, it's Jesus. Okay, so Jesus is our example. In Luke 23, 34, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. When he's literally being crucified, he asked God to forgive the people that were literally killing him. And in the days of the early church, there was a leader named Stephen, and he was being stoned to death for testifying about Jesus. And um, in Acts 7, 59 through 60, it says, while they were stoning him, while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Now, Jesus, he is being crucified, and he asked God to forgive the ones who are crucifying him. And Stephen, who was being stoned to death, asked God not to hold it against the ones who were literally throwing rocks at him. And I find this really convicting because it's hard to forgive sometimes. We want to hold on to it. And like, even if I'm like driving down the road, and you know those drivers, they're like, you know, they're no good. They're like weaving, you know, they're weaving in and out of traffic and they're like cutting people off and they're being really unsafe. I usually pray like, God, please send a police officer to stop them and give them a ticket. Like I'm not even willing to forgive the person I don't even know that's driving badly on 64. And here Jesus and Stephen are like literally asking God to forgive the people that are hurting them, killing them. And so God takes it seriously. He wants us to forgive daily and to ask for forgiveness. Okay, so the end of the prayer is, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So this is interesting because the Bible tells us that God does not tempt us, but temptation comes from the enemy and from our own evil desires. So why does the prayer say to ask God not to lead us into temptation? I really liked the illustration that Ranjit David had in our Bible study. He said it's kind of like a kid who's learning to ride a bicycle, you guys know? And so the kid's on the bike, and like the parent's holding on because they don't know what they're doing, and they say, don't let go! And it's not that the parent was going to let go, but it's like they're just saying, please help me, please hold on to me. And that's the prayer that we're praying when we say, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. We're saying, God, don't let go. I need you to help me when I am tempted because we are all tempted. We live in a world that is full of sin, and Jesus understands that. He lived just like we do, and he was tempted in every way, but he did not sin. So he understands what you are going through when you face temptation. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, Let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are yet. He did not sin. 
Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Um, Mike even mentioned this, this verse last week in his message about holiness. We can have confidence to go to God. And what, what are we going to find? We're going to find mercy. We're going to find grace to help us. When you cry out to God, even in the midst of your temptation, he is going to help you. He is going to help you find a way out. But you have to cry out to him. You have to ask him. So when you face temptation, and you will, cry out to Jesus. He will help you. So in um, my last sermon, I mentioned a book that I was reading called How to Pray by Pete Gregg. And (laughs) I usually read books really quickly, but it has literally taken me like six months to read this book because I was trying to ingest it. You can also read that one at Hoopla. If you have a question, let me know. Um, So in this book, Pete Gregg, um, he talks about different aspects of prayer, including different parts of the Lord's Prayer. And he gives an acronym that I think that you might like. You might find it helpful, and it is pray, P-R-A-Y. So that's pretty easy to remember. If you're like, what was that? It was pray. Okay, so, the, so it's P-R-A-Y. The first step is P, pause. All right, so before you begin, pause. Before you just rush right in, remember that you are speaking to God. The God who created the universe the God who sent his son, Jesus, to die for you. Just take a moment to be still and remember that he is God before you begin. So P, pause. R, rejoice. Remember how the first part of our prayer was all focused on God. So begin your prayer focused on him. Honor him as your father. Rejoice, praise his name, hallow him. Say, God, this is what I enjoy about you. So P, R, A is for ask. God wants you to come to him. He cares about what you care about. He cares about your needs. He cares about what you are going through, and he wants you to come to him with what you need. He wants you to ask. All right, and the why is yield. So there were definitely parts of our prayer where we yielded to God's will. We said, your kingdom come. We ask for forgiveness. We forgive others. We're yielding to what he wants. We're asking him to protect us. So P-R-A-Y, pause, rejoice, ask, yield. Will you stand with me? What I'd like to do as we close in prayer is I'd like to read the Lord's Prayer together. And as we, I'm going to read it like real slow, like, you know, like real slow, because I really want us to be thinking about the different parts of the prayer. And then when you, when you pray this week, I want you to think of some of these aspects, like am I yielding to him? Yeah. Am I honoring him? Am I coming to him with what I need? All right, so let's read Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. 
God, I thank you that we can come together today, that we can worship you and that we can hear from your word about how you would have us to pray. That God, as we come to you, we can honor you as our Father. We can ask for your kingdom to come. We can ask for what we need. God, we just thank you that you care about what we are going through. And God, I pray for each one that is here today or who is listening to this message. God, I know that you see them right where they are. You know what they are going through. And God, I believe that you want each of us to come to you, to pray, to talk to you, to honor you. And so God, I pray that each of us as we go today and this week, God, that we will be inspired to come to you more, to pray more, to yield to you more. And I thank you so much for teaching us how to pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.